Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hey guys, before we begin, please take a moment to go on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever app you're listening to this on. Subscribe, give me a five-star review, tell your friends, and also take a screenshot of you listening to this episode on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Put it on your Instagram story, tag me, Stephanie Megan, or tag Broco Therapy. Spread the word, spread the love. Let's make Broco Therapy a fucking movement. Hi, this is Stephanie Megan. You're listening to Broke Girl Therapy. Because therapy is too expensive. You're listening to Broke Girl Therapy. Broke Broke Girl Therapy. I just feel like I need to drink a little bit more of this beer. Don't mind me. Do you want more tequila? No, I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Good. It, it, honestly, it's already going to my head. It's pathetic. I've had like three sips. but Really? This is what I mean. This is what happens to you when you get older. Well, welcome to Broke Old Therapy. I feel like you kind of have to be on something to be here. <laughs> <laughs> no one no one over- comes here to be sober. Like, let's no be real. Sober. It, being sober is not on brand. Let me... <laughs> Oh, you had wait! I saw on your Instagram yeah, that yeah, you took some edibles because well, I've never done that before because we don't have anything like that in Australia. So really, yeah, that is. So- I don't <laughs> How did you like it? I don't. I, I was like, I don't know that I felt like really high. I just probably felt like more kind of tired out, and yeah, it was like it was like in that zone when you the sleeping pills just about to kick in and you've got that kind of that's what i would describe it as okay 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 i hate edibles really i hate it so much you I, had bad experiences with yeah it? like i blacked out on edibles which you don't think that that would happen it's not oh, like it's wow. alcohol but i just like felt really sick and i just been traumatized ever since yeah i only had a time i told okay, the guy look okay. i've never done it before and he was like literally just have a quarter of one and then you can have another quarter but he also said that edibles used to apparently be really strong and they've got like a really bad reputation mm-hmm. now and he, he said i got it from MedMen, which is like okay they're yeah, basically yeah, yeah. like the apple store of well they seem to be yeah um so he's like it's really specifically measured doses and like you're not gonna unless you obviously eat a whole bunch you're not gonna like you know go off your nutter or anything yeah exactly well i just started recording okay (laughs) i like a candid beginning that's how i like it (laughs) hi guys it's me stephanie megan your host of broco therapy and i have a new friend introduce yourself you're from (laughs) australia you're fucking awesome g'day mate (laughs) (laughs) how do you pronounce your name it's nadia nadia bockety i say bockety um some people say bockety i don't i don't really i write as bockety yeah, well, Bac- I sound so American. Oh, Bockety. <laughs> <laughs> Nadia Bockety. That's awesome. Yes. And how we met, we, this is literally like the first day we've ever met each it other. It is, yes. And I invited you over to my basement, kind of shady. but Yeah, it's okay. she was like, come come down to my basement and let's talk. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> should I be scared? <laughs> I, 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 you know, whatever. I feel like I'm trustworthy enough through the internet for it to be like, just come over. But you seem really great, too. I feel like for the most part, I'm always like, I don't know, let's meet for coffee. But you seemed awesome. Um, you reached out because you have this site. Do you want to go more further about what you what you do and what your site is? Yeah, well, I run a women's website okay. called shesaid.com. And yeah, we I was planning on coming to LA and actually was um, asking one of my interns to have a look online and see mm. if she could find any other really cool women who were aligned with the sort of thing I do, which I guess if you had to describe what I do, it's very like sex positive kind of journalism. Yes. And, um, yeah, she found you and she was like, I think you will absolutely love this girl. And, um, yeah, I checked out Broke Girl Therapy and I was like, I love what you're doing. (laughs) Like, it's so real. And that's very much what I'm doing over in Australia. Not -hmm. not via podcast. We have a website and I write a regular sex column for a bunch of different publications but um yeah I'm just trying to keep it real because I feel like there's so much content out there that just makes women feel shit by telling them how they're supposed to be better right and especially how to give head you know what I mean like stuff like that and and all the information is about how to please the man and Mm. no one ever really talks about how women should get off and exactly when I started writing about my own 
sex life mm. i got such a massive response i realized that there was a real need for people to do exactly like what both you and i do yeah. which is to just actually be a real relatable human being that says yeah you know sometimes i go through a sex drought and i have to freaking i burn out my batteries on my vibrator all the time or mm-hmm. sometimes i have sex and it's not great or i fart in bed in front of the guy or yeah. whatever you know like or i can't orgasm it's not absolutely. easy and and yeah. that's okay like that's a normal thing like i think because i put myself quite out there online and i've got a fairly public profile a lot of women do open up to me and they'll they'll message me online mm. and the number one thing that they ask me is am i normal and it's really sad to it's me crazy. because i mean i've never had anyone come to me that's been abnormal they they all just have such normal experiences but because no we don't one talks talk, about exactly, it exactly we don't no talk one about, talks it. about it so people are like is it normal that it takes me 20 minutes to have an orgasm with my boyfriend. Like I, I spoke to a girl, mm-hmm. she's 21. She'd been with her boyfriend for two years and she's like, in the last six months, I haven't been able to have an orgasm. She'd been spending like hours and hours online researching all these different drugs and therapies she could do to mm-hmm. fix her broken orgasm. Broke girl therapy. <laughs> Broke girl therapy, broken orgasm. <laughs> broken orgasm. Um, but, you know, uh, when I just asked her a couple of questions, yeah. I said to her, well, hang on, you've been with your boyfriend for a couple of years. One, it, it's just harder to get aroused after you've been together for a while because you're more comfortable. You you both have to put in a bit right. more effort. Um, you know, are you having foreplay and this sort of stuff? You know, first up, like she wasn't having foreplay. Her boyfriend was going straight to penis and vagina sex. Like most men do because right. I feel like sometimes – I don't know if it like happens with older. Well, I feel like most men, majority of men, like just don't think about it. They think like, oh, let me bust a nut, and like us women don't even really. Well, if we don't have the juices flowing down there, it's right. it's not good for us at right. all. If anything, it's right. quite uncomfortable and painful. So, this girl, um, and and I said to her like, do you know that it's normal? It takes most women around twenty minutes or or more to to achieve orgasm during partnered sex, not during masturbation. During masturbation, women can do it quite fast but during partnered sex yeah it takes us a lot longer and she really does (laughs) she actually said to me she wrote back she's like i am actually crying now with relief i thought there was something wrong with me i didn't know that it was normal to take longer to orgasm i'm like dude if if anyone needs like a bit more like to work on themselves here it's not you it's your boyfriend he needs to start with some foreplay and like putting in more effort and you need to take the pressure off yourself yeah he needs to to have an orgasm in five minutes yeah and that's the other thing because you either have like the selfish guy who's Mm -hmm. just he's just in it to win it he just wants to have an you like bust a nut nut and get out of there (laughs) but then you have the amazing guys right Mm -hmm. and they come along every so often they're like i want to please you i want to please you i just want to make you come right but it just puts too much fucking pressure on you. And then you're like, oh, my God, like, he's such a great guy. If I don't orgasm for him, like, I'm letting him down. Like, I need to make myself orgasm. Right. And then you're in your own head like, why aren't I having an orgasm? Oh, God, what's wrong with me? Well, for me, orgasm? I actually had a friends with benefits. His name is Charles. I talk about all the damn time. <laughs> friends he, with benefits are the best. It's the best because it's the way. I mean, obviously, I got my heart broken, whatever. That's a different topic. But it was kind of the best situation because he was he knew my situation with orgasms and he was extremely patient he would let me one time i rode i was on top for about two hours i'm not wow even fucking kidding. i'm not kidding but how is that a bad experience for him honestly he's no, gonna he go riding it. him for two hours like hello. he left i mean i was kind of i mean honestly it's kind of weird i was a little embarrassed that i like went two hours straight like i know that's like oh damn you could last but like yeah it's really tiring and i was like damn i really went there for two hours it's physically tiring <laughs> yeah. like you get physically like drained. sweating <laughs> <laughs> you're like i lost two pounds that day I know, it was a workout for the week i mean it was a lot like i remember looking at the time and be like i just rode you for two hours like that that just happened you know and like i mean and i feel like i don't want to like boost up his ego but i feel like in that situation it's rare because most of the time guys are like trying to switch positions they're trying to like make sure that they feel good but it's like it's not cool you know what i mean it's it's It's, uh, amy schumer one of my favorite female comedians Mm. talks about it so well she says for a woman to achieve orgasm it's like having the concentration and focus of an olympic gymnast on a balance beam the lights have got to be right the temperature's got to be right touching you the right way and if you fucking move one thing you blink your eyelids so much the wrong way dude i'm gone (laughs) we're back to square fucking one here it's exactly it's like and then 
you're like, oh, let me do another position. Let me do another position. You're like, I was so close. Like, why did you ruin this for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. So last week I was hooking up with this guy and he's fine. He is very, 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 very hot. And like sex is great with him, but he like, I think I like miss like the friends with benefits, my old friends with benefits, because he was like so patient with orgasms. Yeah. Like this guy was just like trying to do all these different types of positions. I also think it's harder to orgasm with a really hot guy. Really? Yeah. Like I, I've got a lot of friends uh, who are sex workers just through my job because I like interview and do stories with like a lot of people from the sex industry. Yeah. And um, one of my um, girlfriends who is an escort actually said that she has the best orgasms with her ugliest clients because she can relax. She's like, if the guy's really hot, I start getting really nervous. That's true. I'm like, my gut's hanging out. Yes. She's like, is my my body good enough for him? She's like, with the ugly clients, I'm just like, yeah. (laughs) Wait, that is so true. I never really thought about that. Because really the big impact of like getting an orgasm is really just having to relax. Like that's really what is the biggest key to it. Which is so hard for women, full stop, to relax. In the bedroom or anywhere else because – we put so much pressure on ourselves and the media put so much pressure on us to exactly. do everything and be everything to everyone. We're supposed to be an amazing girlfriend or wife or mum and friend. And, and we got to look and, good while we're doing it yeah, too. Yeah, it's like, come on. Like no one can do all of that. It's like, it's, it's extreme. Definitely. But yeah, I'm excited to have you on here because I mean, like we said before, like we're very similar in our content where we talk about being, you know, sexually liberated. We talk about being like, you know, just powerful women just talking about what we want and our needs and our satisfactions and all that stuff. You know what I mean? And I feel like we just had this discussion before we um, recorded, but how it's so important to be you know, like sex positive because there's a lot of factors that go into it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that like it's discussions that that we need to have, especially when we are young, you know, because there is like situations like rape. There are situations where like we feel really nervous about orgasm, but it's like you're not abnormal. Like you're normal. That's something that like it happens, but no one ever talks about. No one ever talks about it. And I think it's even... It's even more important now with the Me Too movement. We can't address the issues that are being brought up with the Me Too movement without addressing issues around women's sexuality and women's sexual pleasure because, you know, I I was talking to you about this um, when we were chatting earlier Mm. that um, there's a woman who has done a very popular TED Talk, Peggy Orenstein, and she Mm. talks about um, a study basically uh, where they surveyed young women and found out that 30% of young women that were having sex were in pain when they were having sex. Now, why are women having sex that's not only not enjoyable, but it's actually painful? painful? And the reason for that is is because, one, we don't teach girls what pleasure is supposed to feel like. Yes. They're actually – women who, like, you know, like you and I, who outwardly say we enjoy sex and we want to, you know, get a lot of dick or whatever, we're shamed for seeking out pleasure. Yeah. Um. And, you know, we don't get taught about masturbation and things like that. Actually, a lot of the stats on masturbation show that girls are having partnered sex many years before they are touching their own bodies to masturbate. We're actually more comfortable with letting uh, someone else inside our body than we are with touching our own bodies. We don't even say the word vagina out loud. We say hoo-ha and lady flower and vajayjay and then yeah. we aren't wonder why no women... i'm like straight up pussy yeah <laughs> i love it <laughs> but that's what we need and right i think people when they often when people meet i know when people meet me and i don't know if you can relate with this as I well can, yeah. they find it kind of jarring they're like oh wow you're like really out there but it's like but it shouldn't be. It should exactly. just be so normal because you don't think it's weird when you hear a bunch of guys, you know, standing around and talking about, you know, chasing Sex and like, pussy or whatever. Yeah. So why can't we talk about about the fact that, you know, we're going for a dick appointment or, you know, we had this great sex the other night. Or why, is, why is that a bad thing? And the problem is, is we don't make this connection, but for as long as we're going to put shame and stigma around women's sexual pleasure mm-hmm. – we're still going to need things like the Me Too movement because we are still not going – we're still, as women, unfortunately, going to find ourselves in these situations where we're later reflecting on it one, two, three, right. four years later and going, oh, my God, now that I think about that, that was kind of rapey. Exactly. That was kind of like sexual assault. But I didn't realise at the time because I didn't know, like – You thought that that's what, that's what you needed to do. Yeah, and I didn't know that, like, my you pleasure was trouble. important. Right, and, right. Yeah, 
And, um, you know, there's an, an article that went absolutely viral. I think it's called it's Cat Cat Lady or Cat Man or something uh-huh. in um, in the New York Times in the fiction section. And this woman writes about a girl, you know, she goes basically to meet this guy and have her like dick appointment or whatever. Mm. She's not that attracted to him. But, you know, it's she, she sort just of wants start- the sex. She wants the yeah, sex. Yeah. And then when he starts having sex with her, she realizes that she's not enjoying it and she doesn't want to be there. Right. But she feels guilty because she's like, oh, but I led him on. I did this. I did that. So now I should really just lay here and let him finish what he's got to do. Right. And, and I think the reason that it went so viral is because it, it resonated with so many women. We've all had that experience where we've been with a guy and been like, I'm not really into this, but I feel like I've got to see it through because it's it's not fair. I led him on. I, I right. made him think he was going to get mm. it. And we don't even realize that we have the power to go, I'm not into this, therefore I don't have to do it. I can right. say no. And, you know, Amber Rose, who does fantastic stuff for the sex positive movement out here in America. Love her. Love she, Amber. I, uh, she's my queen. And um, she fine as fuck. <laughs> and she says about, I don't care if your dick is inside me. If I at any stage want to stop, you have to stop. And right. that is correct, but we don't get told that as women. No. And then we wonder why we're having the need for the Me Too movement now, why there is all of this stuff coming up of women saying, you know, they're in these situations where they're only just now realising that was fucked up, that was not good, healthy sexual contact. Mm-hmm. But if we don't teach women about their own bodies and about sexual pleasure and we create all this shame and stigma around sex... How can we possibly expect women to navigate having sex in a healthy way? It's exactly. We're not giving them the tools. Exactly. Like, I love that story that you were telling me prior to recording about how someone DM'd you. Do you want to tell that story about how she, like, her father found the... the the, the vibrator. vibrator. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that. I mean, that's feel like that's like such a, a story that's so common. Yeah. You know, where you get shamed. Go ahead. Tell the story. Well, I think so. I had a, a girl and, and I have a lot of people that will DM me or email mm. me because I write so openly about sex. So I think people do feel, you know, they know I'm not a doctor. I'm not a sexologist, mm. but I think they feel comfortable that they can open up to me. Right. Um, and so this girl, um, she was only 17 and she had basically DM me to say I just want to know if I'm normal or if I'm a pervert and actually like that's probably the most common question I get from women it's just they just want to know if they're normal yeah um and the answer is basically always yes I Mm. haven't had to say no to that before Mm. but um no so she was feeling uh you know that there was something wrong with her because basically when she hadn't been home her dad had gone into her room you know as parents can do and um he had found her vibrator and instead of very discreetly putting it back and pretending like he'd never been there, mm. he waited for her to get home, confronted her about it, which she was obviously incredibly mortified. And Especially then, when you're 17 years old. Yeah, so I mean, at any, at any age, let yeah. alone as a teenager and it's your father. Right. Um, and sure. then he had shamed her for it and, and confiscated it from her because he, you know, in an effort to try to protect his little girl, he had said, well, I'm going to take this away from you. You know, you shouldn't be doing these things right. now. And so she wanted to know if she was a pervert. Right. Um, But what she didn't realise was that, and what her poor dad didn't realise in his efforts to try and protect her is that she was doing a good thing by touching her own body. You know, that she was discovering herself in a totally private, comfortable space in her own time with no pressure, uh, you know, just in her own way. And Mm -hmm. by taking the vibrator away, her dad's essentially created a situation now where his daughter is clearly in a stage where she's having that sex, going through that sexual awakening. She's just going to go out and do it now uh, in a partnered way. And there's lots more implications that come with that. And so, you know, I've said on TV and radio in Australia before that I think kids should learn about masturbation in school when they learn about sex ed. And people act like I'm a pedophile because i'm saying that they have such a terrible reaction to it and the main reaction they have is let kids be kids but the thing is but kids grow up to be adults and they get through their hormones and they're confused they're like what like there's been times where i like i'd be watching tv and i just would like when i was a kid i would like touch myself down there i didn't know it was innocent but i realized i felt good yeah you know and i'm like why why do i like this feeling you know what i mean and i felt like my i mean my parents never had that discussion about sex with me that never even had the whole discussion about periods wow i mean like i had to learn that at school i had to learn that you know through friends you know what i mean and i felt like 
if I had kind of like an older person to teach me certain yeah. ways, like I feel like I wouldn't feel so ashamed. Like I felt like prior to this podcast, like I would feel ashamed before, you know, yeah. I would feel ashamed about not being able to orgasm. I'd feel ashamed about my body. I'd feel ashamed about like, yeah, I mean, like there's been times where obviously I wasn't, you know, interested in having sex with someone, but I did it because I didn't want to be rude. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's the whole reason why, like, I love what you do and I'm and I'm happy with what I do is that it's a discussion. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, maybe it's like shocking. It's like, oh, my God, we're saying dick. You yeah. know, we're publishing that shit. You know yeah. what I mean? But like, but it's also it's a discussion to normalize it and to not make women feel like ashamed of their sexuality. You know? And that's why women can't even come forward in the first place to say that they've right. had an uncomfortable sexual encounter or a sexual encounter that's crossed the line into being assault or rape or whatever right. because we're not allowed to talk about it in the first place. No. So we're not creating a safe environment for young girls. And this is the irony in trying to protect children and this was the main criticism that I got over in Australia. I was told just why won't you just let kids be kids? Mm. I understand what people are trying to do and I actually say I'm not arguing with you. If you were to ask me, do I think teenagers should be having sex? Mm. I'm pretty old-fashioned. I actually don't. I don't think you have the emotional maturity yet to be having sex. Right. However, that's besides the point. The reality, the actual facts of the situation are they teenagers are. are having sex. In fact, the vast majority of them are having sex. So you've got two options. Turn a blind eye and bury your head in the sand and pretend like it isn't happening and have absolutely no protection for your children or get your kids educated. Teach them about safe yes. sex. Teach them about consent. Teach them about unwanted pregnancy. Teach about STDs, health. Like there's a lot of health factors that go into it, you know? And the problem is, is that... Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Y'all know Claritin is literally the most on-brand sponsorship that I could get. There's been so many times that people have commented on an episode and been like, girl, blow your nose a little bit. Like, you sound real stuffy. Are you good? And all I needed was a Claritin to help treat my allergies. Especially right now when it's springtime, the flowers are blooming, pollen is in the air. Best believe I have my Claritin in my pocket. And I love her. I love my Claritin D because she helps me survive through this allergy season. And honestly, just helps me survive in general because y'all know I just have allergies all the time. <laughs> so if you guys are suffering with allergies, I would honestly suggest coming from the allergy queen myself to go and get yourself some Claritin D. Don't make yourself suffer, especially during allergy season. So go get yours, boo. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. As young people, you're always going to be curious about sex and you're going to, if you're not going to get it, um, you know, from the adults in your life, you're going to go and seek it out elsewhere. And the number right. one way, and again, I am pro-porn, but do I think that teenagers should be watching porn? Absolutely not. Yeah. Because as an adult, I can watch porn and I understand and I quite enjoy porn and I've written a lot about the fact that I integrated in my sex life and I recommend other people do as well. Mm -hmm. I think it can be a great relationship tool. But as an adult, I understand that watching a porn movie is the same as watching a Ryan Gosling romantic movie. I don't turn around at the end <laughs> and expect my boyfriend to be like Ryan Gosling. Right. No guy is ever going it, to it be like that. It creates like an expectation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I watch porn, I understand that a woman doesn't have a screaming orgasm the second a dick is put inside her pussy. Right. I understand that that's a, a, a scene for my entertainment value. And I've, I've interviewed porn stars. I know that yeah. the sex they have on set is very different to the sex they have at home. You know, it's yeah. positioned for the camera and whatnot. Kids don't know that. And not only do kids not know that, but porn obviously explores a lot of fetishes and a lot more hardcore right. stuff, which again, I'm 
I'm, I don't kink shame and I'm pro whatever you want to do that's comfortable for you and that's not harming anyone else. Like fisting. Like fisting, <laughs> whatever you want to do. We were having a chat about that just earlier with your flatmate. She met my roommate, yeah. <laughs> oh, flatmate, flatmate. I say flatmate in Australia, yeah, roommate. But, um, I love there's like a culture difference. I'm like, roommate, you're like flatmate. <laughs> But, but the, the problem is is that they're being introduced to these extremely hardcore concepts before they've been introduced to the basics. Yeah. And so what, what we're finding out through the research is is that teenage girls that are having sex, when, when they ask them about it, to them a blowjob is like a, a handshake. They, they've actually – teenage girls, when they surveyed them about this, said they won't kiss a guy until they know for sure because – you know, they want to be sure about him because kissing's very intimate. Right. But they'll give the guy a blowjob because that's considered less intimate. And this is the problem (sighs) because going to porn to learn about sex, I think porn is great, but I do not think porn is where people should be learning Learning how to have, no, I agree. I want to learn how to have a relationship through watching Hollywood movies. You know what I mean? Like Exactly, exactly. it's, It's not fact and it also delves into some very, hardcore stuff that you need to be experienced in the basics before you know i like plenty of kinky shit on porn but i don't what do you like (laughs) i'm like girl let's tell me what you like (laughs) i don't know it's probably not as kinky as anal fisting (laughs) i like a bit of you know the christian gray kind of 50 shades a bit of the bdsm type okay 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 like the daddy dom i love i love all the daddy stuff like i'm really are you more like submissive yeah because in my everyday life i'm so dominant and overpowering so in the bedroom i'm like i just want to be dominated by someone else like i want to just totally give up her boyfriend's in the audience He's blushing. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I mean, okay, so you have you're in a relationship. Yes, I am. And I mean, I obviously I have this podcast. I'm single as fuck. And um, but you know, like obviously I date guys and I I come across like certain situations, and this whole podcast obviously becomes the conversation. How is it like, you know, dating or being in a relationship with, with somebody with this type of content? Well, I think I'm very lucky that I've managed to get quite an emotionally mature boyfriend, which is yes. interesting because he's actually six years younger than me. Ooh. Um, I don't like the term cougar. I don't believe I'm a cougar, but I am. Yeah, I'm in my mid-30s and he's and in his late great, 20s. And you look great, girl. You look great. Thank you. Thank you, Botox. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to get Botox too. That's on my list. Um. But no, and so I, you know, when we started dating, I told him I'm a sex columnist. I write about sex and I I write about my own sex life. And I just assumed he would not want to read about sexual encounters I'd had with other men. Yeah. And so I wouldn't tell him when my columns were coming out, but I was realizing he was going and searching them out. Yeah. Yeah. And um, sorry, <laughs> there's a lot of noise in the background because of my dog and all that stuff. But that's that's vocal therapy for you. Um, Continue. It's keeping it real. It's keeping, keeping it real. real. Yeah. My, um, and then her boyfriend's like trying to tame my dog right now. <laughs> not, I said my boyfriend. Your boyfriend is trying to tame my dog right now. Um, OK, continue. But, but yeah, no, I I wouldn't tell him when the columns were coming out because I thought he doesn't want to read about, right. you know, like and I found out that he was finding them and reading them anyway. Like he had found this column and I and he was like, why didn't you tell me when you were writing this? I could have like, you know, read it back and given you some feedback. I'm like, because it's a column about another guy eating my ass out. Like, (laughs) I didn't think you would want to read that. But he's like, I get it. You've had a past. We've all had a past. He's had his experiences too, you know. He's had his male slut phase and whatever. So it's like, you know, we're we're all adults here. And um, yeah, I think I'm just lucky in that respect. But, you know, I definitely went through a big hoe phase and I think it was actually really... um, Empowering. It was, yeah, but pivotal really in my life because I... Because, you know, I wasn't educated a lot, well, at all really about what a healthy relationship, you know, we don't learn in school. What does a healthy relationship look like? Like you're out here talking about dating, but when we're dating and we're trying to find the right person, how do we even know what the fuck we're looking for? I wouldn't even know. I don't even know what the fuck I'm looking for. Most girls, (laughs) myself included, we go off these superficial checklists of, right. He's he's got a good job. Uh, He's a really good person. He, he might treat you like shit, but in the rest of his life, he's a good person. Good dick. He only texts, he only texts me every two weeks, but he's a great person. You guys like, cause he ticks all the boxes on the list. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he gives to charity and he's, he's great. He's a great son to his parents or whatever. He's smart. He's smart, but, 
but meanwhile, he's only texting you once every two weeks. So oh my God, you just hit reality to me right now. I'm over here like, oh, I thought me and this guy were dating. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, I haven't heard from him in a week. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's but the it's thing. true, though. It's we don't true. learn what is a healthy relationship supposed to look like. So, you know, yeah. we pretty much just look to our parents for that. And, you know, I didn't have the best role models growing oh, up in yeah, terms same. of my parents had a, a terrible and very abusive relationship. And so I didn't really know what, you know, a healthy relationship was supposed to look like. And I pretty much snatched at the first opportunity of the first man that would just show me, you know, love and acceptance, all of that. And so I got married when I was like 25 and I still didn't know, you know, who I was. I was still discovering all that. And I tried to fit into this role of being a wife and, you know, my, my husband, I mean, he ticked all the boxes. He was a great man. And I still, I would never say anything about bad about him. He still is a great man. And we have a lot of mutual respect for each other. And, you know, um, my boyfriend also accepts that as part of my past. And I said, I was, you know, I was married for seven years. I, I'm going to bring up my ex-husband sometimes, you know, because right. he was a part of my life for nearly a decade. And my boyfriend's awesome. He really, you know, accepts that. But um, long story short, I think I rushed into marriage because I didn't really know like what a relationship, how it's supposed to go and right. what you're supposed to do. I just thought that's the thing you do. And Especially rela- at like 25, I feel like at that time, people are starting to get engaged. People are starting to have kids. People are starting to get married. You and know, you make so you that, have that pressure. And you make that decision often when you're sucked up in that whirlwind right. phase where, you know, they, they did a study and realized that the, the initial stages of falling in love are exactly, they light up the exact same parts in the brain as being on cocaine. Oh, wow. So it is the exact same parts of the brain. Yeah. So you're, that's why you're like, I need to fuck you every five seconds. I need to be with you. I need to it's text like a you. High. It's it like a high. It is an actual high. Yeah. And so that's a really bad time to make a life-changing decision like having kids or getting married. You want to wait till you've passed through that phase. But right. But no one tells you that, of course. So, no. you know, the, the relationship was very dysfunctional and a lot of it was largely down to my own immaturity. I didn't know how to conduct myself in a relationship yeah and um i i don't think i was ready for it yet i wasn't completely faithful in the relationship and i did a lot of things that you know i'm not proud of but i think the greatest thing to come of it was that i realized that that lifestyle wasn't really for me it's just i felt for a while that i was a failure as a woman because i couldn't make it work to be someone's wife yeah But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I realized that that's just a model that doesn't fit me. I've also written a lot about how I'm child free by choice. You know, I'm in my mid thirties now and I've always known I never wanted to have children. And so I've only just now realized that it's okay to take a different path. You don't have to fall in love, get married, have children, have a house in the suburbs. You can do other things. Yeah. Live your life. Having a hoe phase kind of taught me that because I was able to kind of just explore myself and, and work out what I wanted. And I think the good thing about having a hoe phase is if you're sleep, if you're having a bunch of one night stands, it's predominantly strangers, people you don't really know well, maybe someone you've chatted with a bit online or you had one or two dates right. with. But there's a level of kind of comfort in that because you're never going to see that person again. Right. So things that I even wouldn't do with my husband in bed I actually felt that I could do when I was having these one night stands. I was like, I oh. want you to do this. I want you to like, because you're, you're not thinking about it too much. You're thinking about yourself. No, no. And it's, I like think, a, it's like a moment to be selfish, which I feel like everyone needs. Yeah. You know, like I youth. think things like I had thought through things like, Oh, like if I, you know, ask my husband to like choke me or something, he might think like I'm a weirdo or something. Whereas yeah. if it's a random guy that you I'm sleeping with, I'm like, thinks. well, he might think I'm a weirdo, but I'm never going to see him again. Exactly. So there's like that level of security in that. Um, but then the other thing I realized when I was going through all these experiences and I started talking about it was that I wasn't alone at all. You know, women would, you know, as soon as I started talking about it, other women felt comfortable telling me about their experience. And I realized there was nothing abnormal about anything I was doing. You know, right. um, it's women have all different sorts of kinks and women... In fact, what I've realized since women I've started love doing sex. this. That's the thing. Not we only do women sex. not only do women love sex, but since I've started doing this, what I've realized is that the majority of women that I speak to, myself included, like sex and want sex more than men do more than the men in their lives do like it's me who has to get my boyfriend to have sex i'm the one like (laughs) come on like can't we do it tonight he's like really like we just did it yesterday i'm tired i had a long day and i'm like 
dude, like you've got the ideal situation here. You're right. Like, like I'm offering this yeah. to you. This is <laughs> and I was like, I'm down as fuck. <laughs> but the other problem with that is I felt broken as a woman for a long time when I first got together with my boyfriend because he didn't want to have sex every single time. Because mm. unlike me, you know, he, he he's younger than me. So he's in the phase where he's starting out his career. I kind of feel like I'm in my phase now where I've worked a long time to be in my career. So right. I'm kind of relaxing a little bit. Yeah. He's doing the crazy thing you do in your 20s where you work 16-hour days and do whatever you can do to climb the ladder. Exactly. So when he gets home after a 16-hour day, he doesn't necessarily want to fuck like rabbits for like two hours and oh, go crazy. Kyle, and he's, come on. And, he's, <laughs> and he actually like, he because, you know, he cares about me, he actually is like, I don't want to just have selfish sex and just use you as, yeah. you know... Uh, an orifice for me to come off i want to please you and i can't please you after i've just worked a 16 hour day yeah but because we don't we don't talk about this stuff as a culture i felt until i started speaking with other women that i was broken because oh my god my boyfriend turned down sex men always want sex and women never want sex so there must be something wrong with me and then i i actually started speaking to women and every woman i spoke to was like Oh, yeah, my boyfriend doesn't want sex half the time that I do. Like, I'm the more horny one in my relationship. That happens a lot. Wow. Okay, so this is kind of on topic, but still a little different. So I've been in situations with men where um, I'll be hooking up with them and, like, their dick just gets soft. Yeah, and, and like, I, I get really kind of, like, insecure yep. about it. And they're just like, no, like, I'm telling you, like, I'm just so tired. And they're, they're really, like, you could tell that they're kind of embarrassed oh, and, and, like, frustrated. And about it and that makes it worse. Yeah, yeah, and they're just like, I'm just, I'm I totally, like, they're like, I just, I'm just so tired. But, like, I'm just, but I want, and like, I could tell that they're still trying. Like, they're trying to please me yep. in other ways. And they're, like, super into it, but they can't get it. It's like, a lot of pressure for a man. And we don't realize, actually, how much pressure it is for a man. Is something to, wrong with me? To achieve it. That he, like, got soft? I've had guys go soft on really? me. Really? Yeah. It, is it a normal thing? Because here's the thing: like, no one talks about it because I feel like it's kind of an embarrassing thing. I like, I don't want to like, you know, just open. I mean, I'm doing it now, but like, no, absolutely. But, like, and openly then you're like, share. Am I just like really like revolting and like some like are my chin like, sticking out? <laughs> like, what's going on? No, I went through. I don't know why it was just bad luck, but I literally went through a phase where I had like four guys in a row that just obviously like they whether it was nerves or whatever it was, they couldn't really get and maintain an erection. And I thought it was something wrong with me. But now that I've got a lot into just sort of researching sex um, so that I can, you know, talk about it in my articles, one thing that I've realized is we put this really unnecessary amount of pressure. We put it on both men and women, but we put it on men to achieve an erection and, and as is, as in pretty much an erection and an erect penis in a vagina, that is the be all and end all of sex. And right. I just think that guys have boners all the time. Yeah. And it, it's not the case. It's not the case. Guys get stressed. Guys get tired. And there has been some times where I've said to Kai. Or they're too like, drunk. Yeah, they're too drunk. And there's been times where I've said to Kai, like, I really want it. And he's like, I, I don't want to let you down, but I don't know if I can get it up. I'm exhausted. I'm stressed as fuck. Okay. I just had an argument with my boss at work, like, don't take it personally if I can't get it up. And we put so uh, much focus around that and around the erect penis going in the vagina. What if we thought about sex as just exploring one another's bodies and having a really awesome time? Why right. does there have to be an erection involved? Why does there have to be penetration involved? That's so, um, you know, people who are, you know, people that have been in a same-sex relationship. Well, yeah. people that have been in a same-sex relationship. Like lesbians, that's so invalidating to say what a lesbian couple that have been together for 20 years and they've only ever had sex with each other or other women. So yeah. what, they, they're still virgins because they haven't had, you know, a penis, a in penis their vagina. penetrating. It's just such a narrow-minded way to view sex. And I think because we put pressure on it, it's putting pressure on both people because you and the guy's dick is going soft. You're like, oh, my God, am I some sort of grotesque monster? What's wrong with me? Yeah, I failed. It, it got into my head. But, yeah. I mean, I saw the frustration where he was like, no, like, he, like and he eventually got it back and up again. But I was like. stressed <laughs> and embarrassed too. Like, he's seeing that you're feeling let down and he's feeling I have to get it up. And we yeah. all know that the second you start telling yourself in your mind you have to do anything, it's never happening. Yeah. That's, I mean, like, immediately when it went soft, I just, like, sucked his dick to try to get it <laughs> But that's a good, I mean, that's a good thing to do. Cause Was it's that like, nice? <laughs> well, it's not drawing attention to it. Like it is, but it isn't, you know. Like yeah. I think if you are if you were to point it out, that would be you yeah. know, not a good thing. But I think now, like if I were to be in that situation again, um, 
what I would do is just say, let's just do other things. Because Ooh. other things would usually lead anyway to the guy getting hard again. And if they don't, why does that have to be a bad thing? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Question. So I talked about this on the show before. Um, I hooked up with this guy New Year's Eve and he was like, he came over, but he was very intoxicated. He couldn't get it up. I whipped out my dildo and I said, use this on me. And he used it on me. But like I could tell like because the next morning, like he tried to escape, like he tried to just like leave without saying bye. And I yep. like caught him. I was like, you're not going to say bye. And he's like, yep. oh, I thought you were asleep. Like, I mean, friends have told me like or even listeners have told me like, yep. I think this dude was kind of embarrassed that like because he couldn't get it up. I whipped out a dildo and I said, use this on me. I think it's great that you did that because yeah. you're saying the moment doesn't have to be over. Like, we can still have a great time. We can still fuck. You yeah. Know, you're still having sex. But, like... There are other ways to have sex than having a penis in a vagina. And we have such an ex- intense fixation around yeah. it as a culture that, y- in some sense, your friends are probably right. He probably was ashamed. You didn't do anything wrong. But there is so much of a cultural fixation around the erection and all of that that he probably felt that he wasn't man enough to do that. Whereas you're like, dude, I'm still keen to go like like, I don't care if you use your penis or a dildo or whatever like it's still you know I'm still aroused yeah and he can be doing plenty of things while he's using the dildo do you know yeah yeah he was eating me out it's that well hello that's sick so I mean yeah he's like yeah I think it's a real shame to think that that guy would have felt embarrassed because you in that you took control of that situation in a really sexually empowered way yeah and you know if anything we should really see that as a turn on right and and i think you did the right thing and you didn't draw attention to it you were just kind of bad like afterwards afterwards i was like shit should i like just not do that whip out dildos on guys and they can't fucking get it up no (laughs) but see i had a lot of shame for a long time around sex toys and i didn't actually use my first vibrator until i was in my 30s oh wow because I used to think that if I used sex toys while I had a partner and because I was married for years or especially while I was with my partner, like if I involved one in sex, that it would be my way of telling him you're not enough. Yeah. And it was only once I started getting into the whole sex positive writing side of things that I realized that that's got nothing to do with it. And right. I still, because I talk about sex toys a lot on my Instagram, yeah. and I still get men messaging me going, I feel sorry for you that your boyfriend isn't good enough or that you need to turn to plastic. It's like, dude, it has n- not everything in my life revolves around a man. Exactly. You know, like, let's explore, let's ma- have some fun. Masturbation is something I do for me, it is an act of right. self care and self love. And it's okay to do that. And it doesn't have to be an insult to others. A man. a man yeah and actually like i went on antidepressant medication about a year ago and i know there'll be a lot um a lot of women listening that can relate to this unfortunately one of the number one things that happens as soon as you go on antidepressant medication is you pretty much lose your ability to orgasm Ugh. and i was starting to feel really frustrated and i thought i was never going to have an orgasm again and then uh i think one day uh my boyfriend and i were having sex and he said well you get sent all these sex toys to work why don't you try using one while we're having sex and see if that helps and i said Oh, you like you don't not offended you, by you, that. You, you're not gonna feel bad. He said, "I just want you to like be happy, like whatever it takes." That's cool. So I got on top and rode him while I was using like a clitoral <laughs> vibrator. <laughs> I so love I that. was, we were still having really passionate yeah. sex, but I had a because. How about a cock ring? Do you like cock rings? He's not into cock rings. At I don't really all. like cock rings yeah. either. Um, I feel like it's just it's it's like a cheap toy. Yeah, I'm I'm more into like the clitoral vibrators because I think there's something that you can you can work into sex without it completely yeah. like overtaking. But for me, I'm a girl, and this is another thing that a lot of women don't know, and I I will tell women, and it's a huge revelation to them, mm-hmm. is I'm a girl who needs clitoral stimulation to orgasm. So unless my clit is being fingered in some way, you can be riding me till the cow, like I can be riding you till the cows come home. I'm not going to orgasm. I'm going to have a great time. I orgasm when I'm on top, always. Yeah. I, like I think that's 
for most women because yeah. that's hitting your G-spot and it's a really good position. Yeah, but and it's also the clitoris is being like rubbed as You're grinding well too. Because so, a lot of women think, oh, well, then I'm coming just from a vaginal organ, like it's just vaginal. But actually yeah. it's because your clitoris is being rubbed in that position because it's the grinding that's true. motion. I've even like orgasm through like dry humping. <laughs> no, that's really common. That, okay, I mean, that's, I'm not that, crazy. I used to think I was weird about that. That's that's really <laughs> common. No, because it's the, it's the friction and the stimulation yeah. again. Yeah, the clit, and that's why dry humping is so fun. Right. Um, but for me, I need clitoral stimulation to come. So usually, what I would do when I was with a guy is I would get on top, and then I would touch my clit while I was, um, you know, having penetrative sex. I would be rubbing my clit. Yeah. But once I went on antidepressants, I could rub my clit till the cow- cows came home, and nothing was happening. <sighs> I needed like a fucking power tool down there. And my boyfriend was like, well, why don't you use one of the clitoral vibrators you got sent at work? And it worked. And it I worked. put it on full fucking <laughs> industrial strength mode. <laughs> and I had my first orgasm in, we'd been having sex for weeks without me having an orgasm. I had my first orgasm in weeks and I cried violently. Oh was, my He's God. like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm just so relieved. <laughs> That's amazing. But I also cried because I was just, it was actually the freedom of having a partner that would just let me do what I needed to do to feel pleasure without feeling guilty because I right. relate to what you're saying about feeling oh was that bad that I got out a sex toy in front of the guy and it's like it's not it's 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 got nothing to do with that person's masculinity or or anything else yeah but you know how some men are they definitely have these like toxic masculinity oh issues. it's huge it's huge yeah. and I think it's actually I was like, nothing to do with you it's just yeah. I want to make this more fun I want to like I want to explore I want to have fun you but know part of it is you know we have like education to blame because men right. don't get educated about this stuff. Exactly. And when I'm talking about masturbation being included in sex ed and I'm getting reactions from the public, like you're a pedophile, you should be locked behind bars. Here's the problem we have. And so, right. you know, there, there's so, there's so many misconceptions around sex because we don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's interesting because my um my friend who's an escort she did a a podcast interview recently yeah and the woman that was interviewing her said well now that I've got you on the show I have to ask um I've always wanted to ask a sex worker this what's your tips or like what's the best way to give like an awesome blowjob and the first thing that my escort friend said to her in response to that was well what do the guys say that you give blowjobs to like when you ask them yeah what they want. And she said, oh, I never asked them. Oh, I never asked them too. And, and she said, hang on a minute. Why don't you ask them? She said, oh, I get a bit shy, a bit embarrassed. You know, she said, yeah. okay, let's put this into picture here. You're putting a guy's dick inside <laughs> your mouth, but you're too embarrassed to ask him what he likes. Like, do you realize <gasps> how so stupid true. that is? That's, I never asked. I'm just like, I'm just going to assume. I'm going to just do this and think that he likes it and go off of that. Like, I never asked. We don't communicate during sex. Guys oh. don't communicate to us either, you know. And yeah. we have so many times guys are learning things from porn. My I'm going to do that. I gave head the other day. So I'm going to give head soon. I'm going to be like, what, sh- what do you want me to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, be like, you know, do you want it hard? Do you want it soft? Do you like tongue? Do you like spit? Like, do what? I? Yeah. Like, do I like lick the top? Like. Like, do you want more mouth in it? Like, do you want a deep? Th- oh, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Do you want me to throw in a few gagging sound effects? Yes. Like, oh my god, you're so right. <laughs> this is amazing. I feel really inspired. Like now, I kind of want to suck dick to see. Like, <laughs> I always want to suck dick. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, I don't like to suck dick that often. Yep. Because I can't fit like a big dick in my mouth. Yep. So depending on the circumference, is like is when I'll decipher if I should. But doesn't that make the guy feel really good? You're you're like, I can't fit you in my mouth. Like you're just, I usually don't even say it. That's the fucked up part. Like I should tell them. Cause that would be, I would think that would be a turn on for the guy. Like, Oh my God. Like you're just so big. I can't even fit you in my mouth. That's true. I just, I mean like sometimes I'll just lick it, but I don't like, do that great of a performance because I'm like, it literally will not fit in my mouth. I honestly, like I'm going to scrape it with my teeth and that's, I don't want to do that to you. No, you don't. (laughs) I I honestly think that actually porn has taught me a lot about blowjobs. Like I say, I don't think young people should be learning about sex through porn because they don't understand that it's not reality. But I think as someone who's more older and sexually experienced, I 
have gotten a few little tricks and tips off porn like oh, you know like like what are some tips what do well, you do well i think like the spitting thing like how oh, they yeah. always like spit on it and it's very like it's theatrical but it also makes it like more like lubed up and everything right, so it's right. more comfortable for the guy using a combination of like hand, hand and mouth yeah, at the same yeah. time and like I kind of do like a, a bit of the whole like gagging thing as do you? well. Yeah, like it's a bit sort of theatrical. I like literally. I felt like I almost was like choking the other night. Like I, I it was in like a good so, way or a bad way. Like his dick was like really long, <laughs> <laughs> and I was really trying to put it all in my mouth. Like, and it's it, like, not happening. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh my god, and like, I didn't. I, I couldn't tell if it was like super hot or if it was like. I don't know. See, that's the moment where I'd be like, oh, my God, it's so big. I can't even fit it all in my oh, mouth. Oh, you're right. Okay, I'm going to do that next yeah. time. <laughs> in, that, in an Australian accent, too. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck? Where would you come from? <laughs> like, so confused. Oh, yeah. Well, we're running out of time here. But do you have any, any last words about sex, sex positivity, your blog, everything? I, this is a problem. I never have last words. I'm just <laughs> like, I think I was I think I was saying to you, I could talk underwater with a mouthful of You marbles. should start a podcast. You, yeah, I would, I would, I would love, love to. your podcast. If you ever had one, like if you start one, I'm definitely going to be. You will be my first guest. Yes. I will come to Australia yes, to do, do that. I'd yeah. love to show you around. <laughs> no, um, I, you know, I'd love everyone to check out my website. It's yeah. shesaid.com and you know check out my instagram as well there's lots of sex positive stuff on she's there. amazing you guys like as soon as like she hit me up and i looked up her stuff i was like oh my god this girl's fucking great oh thank you yeah i, I felt exactly the same way when Aww. i saw your stuff so yeah i'm super glad we've connected and i Yay. feel super honored to be on your podcast oh my I god just, i'm honored that you're here i, I love this, this i like great. i can just tell there's gonna be big things happening with oh, this podcast thank you so. thank you Aw, okay. Well, you guys can follow me on Instagram, Stuffy Megan, or go to brokotherapy.com. All that shit is there. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Broke Girl Therapy. Broke Girl Therapy. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.